This is Brain Diet, episode number 12. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Brain Diet Podcast. I want to start out by reading a review that was left by Jetski26. They said, I am loving this podcast. Taylor has such a way with her words and is so knowledgeable and real. I love how she teaches these life-changing concepts in a way that is so understandable and relatable. She gives such great examples and stories that make the information so easily digestible for my brain. I can't wait for more. Thank you so much, Jetski26. I wish I were on a jet ski right now. (laughs) Thank you for that review. I can promise you that there is so much more coming on this podcast. There are so many more episodes that are going to just get better from here. So thank you for listening. Thank you for that review. Reviews help me connect with you as an audience. I want to hear your feedback. So please leave me reviews. Let me know what you want more of. And also, if you haven't already connect with me on Instagram. I share content over there and I would love to hear from you there as well. My Instagram handle is at Taylor Ann Macy. It's the same as my website. So connect with me over there and I'm excited to hear from you. Today, we are talking about one of my favorite topics, emotional hunger and how it relates to weight loss. The way that I do weight loss, the way that I coach on weight loss is different than anyone out there. The way that I do weight loss is way less complicated than anyone else out there. And the way that I do weight loss is way more effective than anyone else out there. Now, in terms of my own physical journey, I've been through the ringer of weight and health over the years. I've talked about it before in a previous episode, but in high school as a teenager, I had an eating disorder and I went through therapy for that which was incredibly helpful and valuable for me at the time. I'm really grateful that I invested that time in getting help and healing myself. After I'd worked through that though, then I started to get into working out and most of it was coming from a really healthy place. But then I started to think, oh, I should look better. I don't look good enough. And so I'm like, great, I'm going to compete in a bikini show. (laughs) I never actually made it to the stage, but... I had hired a nutrition coach who is a colleague and now a personal friend of mine, and she is incredible at what she does. She is a genius and she knows what she is talking about in terms of nutrition and exercise. She is so smart and she laid out for me a plan that absolutely should have set me up for success, but I never made it to the stage because I was emotionally miserable. I had every calorie laid out for me. I had every macro. I had every workout at exactly what time. I had my drinks, my liquids, my protein shakes, my vegetables, all of it. It was laid out so beautifully. And that plan, yes, would have taken me to the stage and I probably would have looked really good. And honestly, as I was going through it, my body was looking better every day. I was losing weight. I was starting to shred and see all the types of things you're supposed to see when you're doing a bodybuilding show. But emotionally, I was miserable. I didn't have the tools mentally that I needed to get through that. Now, the tools that I talk about on this podcast and today's episode, they're not just for people that are looking to compete. In fact, 
that's a whole different realm and that's not who I'm talking to. That's a whole different mindset and mental space to have to be in. But what I'm talking about today is for all of us (laughs) that have felt emotionally crappy and thought, if I looked different, I would feel better. So weight loss today, as I just gave the example of, and physical health, all of it, they are usually laid out in a what to eat, when to eat it, how to eat it, all of that (laughs) way of information. That's how it's presented to us. It's what workouts to do, how to optimally time your meals around those workouts. It's what recipes are macro-friendly or keto friendly. And I know that recently there's been an increase in kind of the intuitive eating movement, which I think is great, but all of these approaches are missing the most important part of it all. So essentially people are seeing themselves in the mirror and going, oh crap, I've gained weight. And then the belief that they will feel better emotionally if they lost weight and if they look different, that belief drives them to find a nutritionist or a recipe board on Pinterest, or they buy books on weight loss, or they find an influencer on Instagram selling workout programs, and they start to change their actions before ever addressing the thoughts in the first place that are driving those actions. Now we have more information on diet and health and our bodies today than ever. Like it is the best time to be alive and it is the easiest time to be healthy because of the resources that we have and because of the information that is so easily accessible. Like those Instagram influencers that are offering and selling programs, a lot of times that's great information and the workouts are great. But I'm here to tell you that there is no secret diet. There is no secret workout that you simply just haven't found when it comes to your own weight loss and your own health. There's no one magic glute move that will build you the butt of your dreams. Like I had Good Morning America on today and they had Kim Kardashian West's personal trainer there talking about how she trains Kim. And I don't know if she does nutrition plans. I wasn't, I was only kind of half listening, but then she started to demonstrate some body weight exercises for people to do in quarantine. And I had to laugh out loud because I'm like, of course people are going to see Kim Kardashian West's trainer and believe that she has the secret answers to why you can't lose weight or why you can't lose weight and keep it off. Like we want weight loss to be that exciting because we think that if it's that exciting, that we'll stay motivated. But that excitement simply comes from the way that we're thinking. And we might be excited in the moment, but it's like a flash in the pan. And then we're back left with our old thoughts and short-term, if any results. I mean, I don't know, maybe you guys should try those three bodyweight exercises that apparently Kim Kardashian West does every day. Maybe they are the secret. I don't know. (laughs) But let me tell you, the truth is the information you need about weight loss and health is actually really boring, but we don't want that to be true. We want it to be exciting. We want it to be this secret sauce that we just haven't found yet. Because another issue is If there is a secret sauce that we haven't found, we abdicate responsibility for our own results, but we create our own results. And it's not information outside of us. It's not that information's responsibility to then change the weight that we're creating or the health or lack of health that we are creating for ourselves. And that is where the mental aspect of all of this comes in, which brings me to why and how I do weight loss more differently, and more simply than anyone else out there. 
So let's break down a few things. The reason that any of us are overweight is that we eat more than our body requires for fuel. When you eat more than your body requires, the extra will be stored as fat on your body. It's a whole molecular thing that sounds fancy, but when it's put in terms like that, it's really boring. Most of us are overeating because we are eating when we aren't hungry. And this causes us to become overweight because we are consuming more than our body is burning. So there are two aspects to weight loss. The first being the math. There is the math of the calories that we consume and the calories that we burn. There is figuring that out within our body. There is dealing with the physical hunger as an indication to help us figure all of that out, to figure out the math. The second aspect is the drama, which is emotional hunger. (laughs) When you eat for reasons other than being physically hungry. Now, physical hunger is a sensation in your body. It starts in your body and then travels to the brain. Now, an emotion starts in your brain and then travels to your body. So the difference between physical and emotional hunger is that physical hunger, the actual sensation, is gentle. It ebbs and it flows and it feels more like a suggestion. Emotional hunger feels very urgent and is really uncomfortable when it goes unanswered. Now, I want to give you an example of this from my Thursday Thought Play, which is my weekly email that I send out every Thursday. And I share just some brief thoughts about anything and everything, which if you aren't signed up for that email, why not? (laughs) Hop onto my website Scroll to the bottom of any page. It's just a footer across the board and you just put in your email and you can get my weekly Thursday thought play. So in the email, I talked about how I had planned a dinner of wholesome foods and then I'd planned a cookie afterward. Now I planned my meals 24 hours in advance. So I knew that that was part of my plan for the day. And so I ate the dinner that I planned and I ate the cookie just like I'd planned. I was feeling satiated and full and was moving on with my evening. Now, half an hour later, I started having thoughts like, oh, I'm just so hungry (laughs) or I'm exhausted or I need a treat. Or this was my very favorite. I haven't had any treats today. I just deserve something. (laughs) Those thoughts, especially that last one, (laughs) were all lies. I literally just had a cookie half an hour before, and yet my brain tried to offer me the thought, I haven't had any treats today. Like I stopped halfway through and was like, really? (laughs) You literally just had one. But those other thoughts were lies as well. I wasn't hungry. I had eaten until I was full. I had eaten what I had planned. I didn't need a treat. I had just barely had one. (laughs) And so I was like, all right, it's time to have a conversation with my brain. So I said to my brain, I was like, brain, you're hilarious because my brain's hilarious. (laughs) I said, we literally had just had a treat. We know what true hunger feels like and what we're feeling isn't it. So what's up, love? And my brain responded, (laughs) And it said, it's just been a really long day and we haven't sat down and we're exhausted and frustrated and the kids were all over the place and there's the remodel and there's dust everywhere and we're just overwhelmed. So then I said, 
I hear you, brain. It's been a long day. But guess what? We can totally feel exhaustion and overwhelm and frustration, all of it. A treat isn't going to solve for those things. So let's work on this together. And as the night went on, I just allowed my brain to be overwhelmed for a while. I sat with it and I just held the space for my brain to be completely exhausted. Now, sometimes we have that emotional hunger. We have those thoughts that come up when we know logically we aren't hungry and we don't need those things. Sometimes we really just want to eat away our exhaustion and our frustration and our overwhelm. But we can always approach our brain with compassion. Our brain might think we need extra food to solve for what we're feeling, but our brain can sometimes be a little bit naive. So it always helps to ask, what's up, love? So that was the end of my email. Now, when emotional hunger happens like that, we can approach ourselves and our brains like a sad toddler. Now, I know I use toddler examples a lot. Maybe it's just because I have two and that's kind of the space that I'm living in right now. (laughs) But it really helps illustrate how our brains can offer us things that are so illogical and ridiculous and how we can approach it. Now, if we had this sad toddler that was offering all of these ridiculous things that we knew weren't true, we don't try to say, well, you're stupid for wanting to eat when you feel sad (laughs) or stop being so irrational or you should know better. Or we don't say, shut up and fill your face with all this food so I don't have to listen to you anymore. (laughs) We just say, no matter how irrational and no matter how silly it may sound, we just say, I hear you. We are exhausted. What's up, love? What are the thoughts that are going through our head? Why are we feeling the way that we're feeling? Because emotional hunger, it isn't something to shame. Listen, when we were kids, we were taught that food did make us feel better. Like if we were ever sad, we would have a loved one that would be like, let's have some ice cream. Wasn't that what grandparents were for, right? Just to be like, you're sad? Here, I've got a pantry full of things that can solve for that. (laughs) And then at the same time, we grew up celebrating with food, celebrating with treats, you know, It's your birthday, have a cake. You graduated, have a cake. You got an A, have a cake. You made it through the day, have a cake. (laughs) But now we're adults and we are capable of managing our emotions. Now, there's no shame in the idea that we brought with us what worked in our childhood. Like those things did as children help us feel better because we had no idea how to deal with our negative emotions. But we just recognize now that we can totally handle things because here's what's actually true when it comes to emotional hunger. There's no food that can fix an emotion. There are many reasons we eat when we're not hungry. Feelings cause emotional experiences in our bodies and we're trying to solve for those emotional experiences with food. Now, temporarily, we might feel better or else we wouldn't keep doing it. We temporarily feel relief because we actually get a dopamine hit from whatever it is that we're indulging in, right? But when we're not addressing the thoughts that are happening in the first place, those thoughts are going to come back and those emotions are going to come back. And that's why we keep coping emotionally with food. It could be so interesting to notice. Now, I'm also not trying to take away celebratory treats or even treats in general. Like birthday cake is amazing and I love ice cream. (laughs) I'm just saying 
that if those things are causing some sort of problem for you, then it's really worth looking at. Like if you eat to feel better and then end up feeling even crappier later on, or if you are at a party and there are all sorts of different types of foods and you get really anxious and nervous and then you end up overeating and binging, or if you find that if there are certain foods that you can't have, that you have this like kind of panic attack, that's a lot of emotional stuff going on. Like I think that's stuff to take a look at. I'd offered that it would be helpful for your mental health to just give a little TLC before turning back to the food to try to feel better again. Like if we were to look at how often people start diets and stop them and start over and fall off the wagon and then try again and then just give up, it's because they're trying to solve for their emotions and food can't do that long term. (laughs) It can buffer you away from them temporarily, but it always comes back unless you're addressing the thoughts that are causing those emotions. When you constantly try to address your emotional state by changing your actions, you're not going to get anywhere. You have to address what's happening in your mind first. You have to get to a clean space and then decide what action you want to take or not take. But solving for your emotions with food is like seeing a house on fire across the street and then going into the other room where you just can't see it and then drinking water. (laughs) You're not solving the cause of the problem. And it might be out of your mind, kind of, but you're just trying to ignore it. We have to face and process our emotions all the way through. Now let's talk for a minute about actual physical hunger. We live in a society where we believe that hunger is something to be solved. We collectively believe that you wake up and you eat. And then you eat at regular intervals throughout the day. And you constantly have snacks available to you. And you've got appetizers and you've got drinks and you've got desserts. And because of this, people don't know what it actually feels like to be hungry. And I know in a lot of diets too, it is like eating every two hours, eating every two hours, eating every two hours. And you aren't allowing your body to communicate with you when you're doing that. So what if hunger weren't a problem to be solved? What if it was just information that your body was providing you? Like the sensation you have if you were sitting on a couch with someone and your legs were touching each other's, you'd be like, yep, there's another person next to me. I can feel them. (laughs) It's not something to solve necessarily, and you don't have any drama about it. It's just information that you decide what to do with. It can be really fascinating and really revealing to watch what comes up for us emotionally when we allow ourselves to get hungry. Because as adults, we have the capacity now. We have the emotional adulthood, the capacity to know that we are safe and that we just want to know what our brain is thinking. And that hunger doesn't mean that anything has gone wrong and that we can totally handle our emotions. They're not going to kill us. We want to hear out our brains because it's always trying to tell us something and we don't want to push it away because once we can really address that and figure that out, that's when the weight loss can happen long-term and sustainably because we aren't trying to solve for something that's impossible to solve for with food. So the secret sauce to weight loss is to use the food we eat for fuel as well as the fat storage on our bodies for fuel. So to do this, 
We have to listen to our bodies and allow them to get hungry before we start eating. And to do this, we have to stop pushing away our emotions with food. Now, like I said, people want the secret sauce to weight loss to be Kim Kardashian West's trainer. (laughs) We want it to be exciting and we want it to be different than it is, but it's not. The truth is we just don't want to be with our emotions. (laughs) But that's the truth of it. If we learn how to process our emotions and then fuel our bodies in such a way that they are being fueled with only the amount that they need, and they are able to use that food for fuel as well as the fat on the body for fuel, you'll get to your natural sustainable weight. And then what's so amazing is once you can figure out all of the emotional parts of weight loss and of your relationship with food... The boring part of weight loss becomes really easy and then you start to feel better emotionally because you've worked through all that was there before and know how to handle it. That is why the way that I coach on weight loss is different and more sustainable and more long lasting because it's not just giving you a new plan. It's not just giving you new macros. It's not just giving you a new workout regime for six weeks. Those things are all great, but if you feel crappy and that's the reason that you're deciding to do them, or if you think that you'll feel better once your body changes emotionally, there's so much more work to do than just to change your diet. (laughs) But once you solve for those things, those emotional things, that's when you can get sustainable results. That's when you can start to feel better long-term because you know how to deal with your emotions. Now, it's important to understand the difference between when we're genuinely hungry and what that feels like versus craving a certain food that's usually processed or sugary. This is where that example that I gave comes in of hunger feeling like a gentle suggestion. Cravings generally aren't gentle suggestions, but we mistake them as meaning that we're hungry. So learning how to identify those things, learning how to figure out what it is you're actually feeling is much more useful than A, trying to just start a new diet, or B, trying to shove those emotions away. So I suggest giving yourself the permission to kind of explore a little bit, to allow yourself to feel hungry and see what emotions and what drama comes up for you, because separating that out in the beginning can be the first step in the right direction of not only getting to a healthy weight, but like I said, learning how to feel better overall, because what happens is once you learn those tools of dealing with that emotional hunger, You learn how to manage your emotions when it comes to weight, when it comes to food, when it comes to health. Those are skills that you develop that can apply to every other area of your life. So what happens is you develop those emotional skills. You can get yourself to a natural, sustainable weight. And then you have all of this capability in every other area of your life to up level, to increase your capacity because you know how to process your emotions. You know how to identify the emotions that you're feeling, and how not to buffer away from them. Now, if you need help with this, sign up for a mini session with me. I promise that I can help you. I can help you figure out your emotional hunger, your physical hunger, your weight loss, your health. I am an expert in that, and I promise that I can help you. Go to my website, taylorannmacy.com. The link to that is in the show notes, and you can go to the work with me tab and sign up for a mini session. Like I said, I promise I can help you and it's totally worth it. It's totally free. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one.